This is a chapter seven of my book entitled Nineteen Seventies America. The title of the chapter is Marriage. There have been quite a number of happy incidents in my life, for which I have no explanation, but I have always considered them as gifts of God, and so have felt blessed. Meeting my future wife in U.S. was one of them. I first saw Nandini. sometime in fall of 1975 in front of mccarty hall which houses the agriculture science departments i saw her from quite a distance and she being very tall fair and with black hair i thought she was from south america after that i did not see her for almost 10 15 days then one day i went to the rice union cafeteria to eat and she was sitting alone and eating on one of the tables I asked her permission to join her, and now found out that she was an Indian and a Maharashtrian, and her name was Nandini Nimkar. She had come to do her graduate work in the Department of Agronomy. She was quite deserved, so I did most of the talking. After that meeting, we could we would occasionally meet in the cafeteria, and became friends. I found out later on that Nandini came from a very distinguished Maharashtrian family. from her mother's side she was the great granddaughter of maharishi karve the first bharat ratna of india and a granddaughter of shrimati iravati karve a very well known anthropologist from her father's side her grandfather shri vishnu nimkar was a well known industrialist of mumbai and her grandmother was an american citizen elizabeth lundy who changed her name to kamla nimkar after her marriage to vishnu nimkar and was also a daughter of revolution she was a direct descendant of robert morris the secretary of treasury in george washington's cabinet there were only two or three indian female students at university of florida and at least 10 times more male students so obviously the females were subjected to intense wooing this led sometimes to a number of heartaches and fits of depression in any case we both were attracted to each other and hence in april 1976 we decided to get married since nandini was nearly 5 foot 10 inches tall and thin most of my indian friends used to call her single dimensional nevertheless she was very attractive and graceful quite a number of my american friends were amazed that i was going to marry a girl was nearly 4 inches taller than me some of them even tried to dissuade me from marrying her it came as a great surprise to me to see such a backward thinking of american males in fact the difference in our heights led to some hilarious episodes just after our marriage we went to a photo studio for a portrait the lady photographer would not allow us to stand together nandini had to sit down on a stool and i had to stand next to her so that one could not see the height differences the photographer explained to me that in the portraits the wife can never be taller than her husband it was very strange logic after both of us decided to get married i immediately called my parents in lucknow in those times calling to india was not very easy and so one had to go through an international operator in new york the operator in new delhi and finally the one at lucknow the operator in new york who seemed to be up to date on the net on the news 
started asking me what was happening in India with Indira Gandhi's emergency and dictatorship. I was really surprised by the knowledge of this lady. The first question my mother asked me when I told her was whether she was an Indian or an American. When I told her that she was an Indian and Maharashtrian, she was thrilled because she felt that an Indian daughter-in-law from any state is better than any day than a foreign one. In those days, quite a number of Indian students married Americans and my mother was always afraid that I might also do so. My parents also knew my opposition to arrange marriage because I was against dowry and my Baniya caste, dowry was a big thing. So I had told them that if I marry, it will be without dowry and to a person whom I like. After telling my parents about my decision to marry Nandini, I wrote a six-page letter to my future father-in-law asking his formal permission to marry his daughter and also telling him about myself and my family etc. I never got a reply to that letter from my in-laws but Nandini told me that even if they had refused, it did not matter. Nevertheless, my in-laws accepted our decision happily later on. Since Nandini was very thin during our courtship period, I used to take her regularly to Baskin Robbins ice cream shops to fatten her. However, her metabolism was so good that such acts of generosity never made a dent in her single dimensionality. I had peculiar notions about marriage which were dictated by my male ego that I should marry only when I was able to support my wife. Since I was still a student, I thought we should wait till I finish my PhD and get a job. However, living separately in the same town and just across the road somehow did not make sense. We used to meet every evening for dinner in Reed Co-op where I used to cook for her. Lots of times we also went out to eat but being busy in our studies and as students living on shoestring budgets, I found it cheaper and simpler to cook the dinner for both of us. This went on for 3-4 months and since we were spending most of our free time with each other, we thought it would be better to get married and move out into the on-campus married student housing. This would have also been cheaper for both of us since we would have been we would be saving on double housing. Thus I applied for the married student housing and was asked to occupy it in the last week of December 1976. So we fixed the most convenient date for our marriage on 12th December 1976 which was a Sunday and just after the fall quarter. I was also vehemently opposed to the idea of going to India to get married since I believed that the whole thing should be a simple and elegant affair. Nandini also did not mind since her parents did not believe in wedding ceremonies so we decided to get married in Gainesville. Obviously my parents were not very happy about it since they wanted our marriage to be held in India. Being the eldest son, they wanted the first marriage in the family to be a grand affair. Somehow I could not fulfill their desires. When Nandini had come to UF in the fall of 1975, she had stayed with an American family, the Webbs. Tom and Dot Webb had been in India and stayed in Pune as a Tom was a USAID consultant. They had become friends with Nimkars. Both of them were extremely nice people and lived in Gainesville where Tom was associated with University of Florida Agronomy Department where Nandini came for her graduate studies. Thus the Webbs were foster parents to her in Gainesville. So they told me that they would give her away during the marriage ceremony and hence would be very happy if the marriage took place in their house. 
They also found a nice priest come lawyer to conduct the ceremony. The gentleman was a padre in the local church and told me that he would have me and Nandini exchange Christian vows during the ceremony. Though I was all for simple marriage, exchanging Christmas vows was not acceptable and hence I asked him whether it would be alright if we exchange vows from Vedic tests. He agreed to it. For the next two days, I went to the UF library and studied thoroughly all the material regarding Indian marriages and vows written up in our ancient Indian texts. I also found out that the majority of times Sanskrit shlokas exchanged in traditional marriages had no relevance to modern life. Thus in one shlok, both husband and wife asked for 10 sons and 20 cows. I thought the modern translation of shlok should be to ask for 10 factories and 20 Mercedes cars. During this research, I also discovered that Mahatma Gandhi had tremendously simplified the Hindu marriage vows since he was also pained to see the unnecessary ritualization of the marriage ceremony. His marriage vows lasted for only 15 minutes. In any case, after a good deal of research, I chose some beautiful vows from Vedic literature which in effect said that we are both equal partners in the new matrimonial alliance that we were entering. I went over these vows with the priest since he had to rehearse the pronunciation of the Sanskrit names in them. The priest come lawyer was highly impressed with the whole process and suggested that we should invite the local TV to record the ceremony. Both of us politely declined his suggestion. So on 12th December 1976, we were married in Webb's home in front of few of our close friends. I was 26 and Nandini was 22 years old. We were the first Indian students in University of Florida to get married in Gainesville. We have been happily married since then and last year in 2006 celebrated our 30th marriage anniversary. My parents had booked a phone call much in advance to wish us on our marriage but calling from India and US in 1976 was like calling the moon. They could not get the call through on that day and were only able to call me after a couple of days. My mother always regretted that incident. For the next 10 days after our marriage, we still lived in our respective dorms till we got the on-campus marriage student housing in Diamond Village. Living together as a married couple required a good deal of adjustment on our parts. Quite a number of times there would be tiffs which I believe every young couple goes through in their early married life. The Indian Milu provides for an extended family support structure which helps in ironing out the differences. However, when one lives alone in a foreign land, then this support system is not available. In any case, we adjusted very well and I have always felt it was one of the best decisions of my life to get married and live together. Marriage provided a tremendous emotional support and helped against loneliness that one sometimes feels in the United States. I also did not ask Nandini to change her maiden name because I thought that her name is an important part of one's personality and hence should remain with the person throughout their life. In those times, it was quite a revolutionary thing. More so since in Maharashtrian custom, the wife not only takes her husband's last name, but her first name is also changed. Therefore, the identity of woman after a Maharashtrian marriage 
is totally changed. I thought that was a barbaric custom. Nowadays, there are many Indian married couples where the woman retains her maiden name. Nandini did not know any cooking at all. <clears throat> During her first year's stay in BT Towers, she used to eat out in Raichinian cafeteria where we had met. When we started dating, we used to have lunch in the cafeteria. And for nearly six months before our marriage, I used to invite her in Ritkov for dinner. So after marriage, I taught her some cooking. In any case, she did learn quite fast and used to occasionally dish out delicious fare. Being students, we both shared all the housework, including cooking. So for three days, I would cook dinner and next three days of the week, she did. Very soon, it got to the point that when my turn came, I would propose to take her out for dinner. So a number of times, she ended up cooking for six days in a week. Since both of us liked American food, we ate quite a lot out. In fact, every Friday or Saturday, we would go and see a movie either in the Rights Union or in outside theatres and have a nice dinner in one of the various new restaurants that were opening up in Gainesville as it expanded. In those times, there were no internet or DVD movies and there were only four channels that one could get in TV. Hence, a theatre movie was one of the main entertainment sources. Nandini was also an excellent student and consistently got A's in her courses. Her professors were very fond of her. She must have made a lasting impression on them and her peers since in 1997. She was honored by UF as one of the most distinguished alumni. Since 1997 was the 50th anniversary of co-education in UF, it was decided by the UF administration to honor 47 female graduates from all over the world who have excelled in their chosen field. They were chosen out of about 85,000 female students who had passed from the university since 1947. Nandini was only Indian and non-US citizen chosen for this award. In a glittering ceremony at University of Florida in September 1997, she was honored with 46 other graduates, which included President Clinton's cabinet members, Hollywood actresses, Olympic gold medalist, Chief Justice of Florida, etc. etc. Her name with that of others is engraved in a plaque in the center of University, and her photograph adorns the Rights Union wall in the main lobby and where we had met for the first time. Another thing that bound us together was our desire to go back to India. Nandini was even firmer than I was. Though she was born in Tucson, Arizona, and hence a US citizen, she had renounced her citizenship before coming to the United States. It is a very rare act that I, and I have never met another person who has done it. Both of us were quite determined to start our careers in India. Where in India, it would be, we were not sure. In fact, during my stay in the United States, I interacted with lots of my Indian friends who wanted to go back to India, but their wives were not keen on doing so. It was therefore a rare phenomena in those times to see student couple in US who wanted to come back to India. Since we wanted to go back, we did not want to raise our children in the United States. Almost all our Indian friends and other married students in Diamond Village thought we were crazy since having children in the United States was a short shot passport to staying in US and also beneficial for the children's higher education. I always thought that if our children were bright enough, they would come to US on their own, just like us. Besides, we were both students 
and also wanted to travel all over the US and maybe to other countries and hence having the burden of children would not have been conducive to carrying out those plans without the usual family support system. When we came back to India in August 1981, then within a year of our coming back, our first daughter was born. She is following the tradition of, our, uh, of her parents and presently doing her PhD in University of Florida.